0: Hello, and welcome to the show, Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower.
1: I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. Uh, I have been reading the Percy Jackson books, and unfortunately, Bradley, uh, I do have some bad news. I have decided to tie my entire emotional well-being to one Nico D'Angelo in these books, and so I've been having a rough time.
0: Oh my god.
1: I've been having a rough time. Uh, I'm on book four, and oh it's god. it's not going well, Chief. You were actually, we were talking about this a little in the pre-meeting, and I promised I would tell you, because you've read most of this series, right?
0: Yes. Well, I read the first original five book.
1: First original five, and from the way you were talking, you're at least familiar with Heroes of Olympus and Trials of Apollo, right? Right. You had never heard of The Sun and the Star until I mentioned it Right in the pre-meeting, right? You've not heard of this book? So this book is is co-written, apparently. Rick Riordan and some other author whose name I forgot, but apparently he's also written a Star Wars book recently. This one's like a a gay love story, apparently. Like gay YA book set in the Percy Jackson universe. Yeah, it's the whole reason I got into reading it because I I asked somebody like, Hey, can I read this book in isolation? And they were like, No, you have to read the entire series to understand this book. And I'm like, Okay, so I have been reading through the entire thing. Okay, so there you go. That's what I'm currently doing with my life. Uh, That's what I'm doing since I can't talk about anything that I want to talk about on this show. (laughs) This is going to become a Percy Jackson book review show. We're going to run what? out of Star Wars material. We're not going to run out of Star Wars material, listeners. Uh, that's not going to happen. However, we have... New Star Wars material to talk about today. Bradley, what are we doing today? Where are we going?
0: We are going to the Disney parks to talk about. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: I'm going to the Disney parks because I live in Los Angeles and I can go to Anaheim on the weekend and go yeah. to, to Disneyland. It's great. Bradley well, does not live close to Disneyland. I don't,
0: unfortunately. Have you even been,
1: been? I don't I think you've not, even been to I haven't been
0: to, Gal- I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge ever. We're, we're trying to get it.
1: We're trying to get it where Bradley and I are are in the same room at the same time, close to a galaxy's edge, so right. we can actually do it, but it, it it hasn't worked out yet.
0: I think I might try to plan it for my birthday this year. I think so. My I, my birthday's in December, and I am turning 30 oh, this year. Oh,
1: you're... you're oh, mm. So
0: I feel like now that's I, a really good I way.
1: <laughs> I swear to God, you were like 20 20- Two when I met you. Uh,
0: Yeah, because that was when we were in (laughs) college.
1: You were like 22, 23, <laughs> yeah. now you're turning 30. God, I, yep, I know. I'm I only two years older than you and I feel ancient,
0: But I think I that's feel a decrepit. Fun, I think that's a fun thing to do for a 30th. I think to go Absolutely to Galaxy's Edge for that. the first time, why not? Right? Like that'd be such a I, fun way to celebrate it.
1: You want to hear something terribly sad, Bradley? What is that? That was the original plan for my 30th birthday.
0: Okay. And what did you do instead?
1: Well, let me put this into a little bit of perspective for you, Bradley oh my god because because i was born in 1990 generally speaking my birthdays line up with the year so i turned one in 1991 i turned two in 1992 etc oh, cool. etc using this math bradley can you guess what year i turned 30 2020. ah uh,
0: i see where this is going. yeah
1: <laughs> couldn't really go to the parks in in my 30th birthday in 2020. Uh, so I had to go for 31. Well, you could have in Florida. Uh, was Florida even open in November i just, I'm,
0: it's a Florida joke. I don't think so. Oh, a joke. Yeah. Because Flor- Florida was pretty open.
1: Uh, not at first. I was actually like, I was <laughs> listening to podcast episodes on this the other day. Not at yeah. first. It well, no, open. I think everything
0: at first, but like,
1: everything closed down at first. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. then the shitty governor like, opened yeah. it up <laughs> very, very quickly. But
0: like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. that guy. Disney was still pretty good about it, but I think everybody else was like,
1: yeah. I think Disney, Walt Disney World remained closed for a
0: while. For a while, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't go until 2021 was the first right. time that I went.
0: But alas money. Disney. So
1: But alas money. Anyway, we are we are going to the Disney park. I was gonna say specifically, speaking of money <laughs> speaking, speaking of, of propaganda spending money. <laughs>
0: for going to the park. Um, Just
1: blatant fucking advertisements
0: for many, for context. How many of these books and things did Disney put out or Lucasfilm and everybody put out to promote Galaxy's Edge? I know this is not the only one. Two and a half. Book. Two, two and a half. half. Okay.
1: Off the top of my head. Right. Two and a half. Clash of Fate. Crash of Fate. Okay, sure. By Zoraida Cordova. I only remember it exists because Zoraida Cordova also wrote Convergence in the High Republic Phase 2. Other than that, I read the book and it was completely forgettable. No, really, I cannot tell you a single thing that happened in (laughs) this book. I cannot. Oh I'm sorry, okay. I cannot do it. It was it was that forgettable. No memory of it whatsoever, but it existed. But one of the earliest ones was actually Thrawn Alliances. They go to Batuu in Thrawn Alliances.
0: That's right. Okay. That's
1: where that's where the Anakin and Thrawn get into like the bar fight. And if you go, I think it's outside Oga's Cantina, you can see blaster bolts, and they actually do line up with the description of the book okay so you can see the actual 30 odd years later 40 odd years later 50 years how many years later you can actually see the blaster bolts uh from that bar fight so i would say alliance is like half a one because it shows up but in terms of like they actually released actually i think they released some comics as well but it was mainly two books it was uh clash of fate And then a book helpfully titled Black Spire, which is a book we will be
0: talking about today. Of course. Uh, But that's also, that's uh, at the park as well, or in Galaxy's Edge's Black Spire Outpost.
1: Yes. So the basic conceit, if you are somehow unfamiliar with with Galaxy's Edge. The Galaxy's Edge Park takes place, quote unquote, on the fictional, obviously, Planet of Batuu, specifically in a trading settlement called Black Spire Outpost. And it is set interestingly, it is set during a specific time. Now they have right. been playing a little bit of fast and loose with it. Uh because you could meet Boba Fett and Finnick Shand at one point at the oh, park. Okay. Uh yeah. you could meet Mando and Grogu, which I have done. Oh, I have, I have seen the Mando and Grogu, and right now, uh, Ahsoka. Yeah, she
0: just started showing up. Okay, She
1: just started showing up. So are they so really just playing
0: fast and loose now with a, who can show up now? They're playing now a little because... <laughs>
1: fast and loose with who can show up is kind of a special thing, but generally the theme of the park is that it takes place in between Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. Got it, okay. So it actually, it falls into a, so if you're a canon junkie like me, and you need it to perfectly fit somewhere, it perfectly fits in between between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Uh And you can meet Rey, Chewie, Kylo Ren. These are the, the people you That's can meet it.
0: at the park. <laughs> That's kind of it, right? Other and they than released the, a whole bunch of character. stuff.
1: Yeah, other than the new characters. And they released, oh, there's one other character you can meet at the park. Uh, we'll get to her in a minute.
0: Right, that's, yeah, yeah. Because I mean. she's a
1: big fucking deal. <laughs> oh, the first time I saw her, I lost my goddamn mind. I've never met her, but uh, I've seen her from a distance. and I was like, oh, that's so cool. I think the original conception for the characters, particularly this one character, was they were going to be able to run around the park and interact with guests. I think they may have done away with that.
0: Yeah, it's a little, I don't think that's such a good idea. Like, honestly. I like... think
1: they did away with that very quickly. Yeah. I think they, they took the chance with, because, after like when the park parks reopened it, they didn't want people getting close to the actors right because the actors had to be basically unmasked to be the sell
0: character. the yeah, 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 yeah sell
1: yeah. the thing so they they just kind of kept them separated it seemed to work well enough so, so
0: now it's just easier to keep. Now
1: it. i have seen kylo ren walking around right but he's just sort of walking around escorted by stormtroopers and a cast member okay but yes also it takes place after the events of this book
0: Which is relevant because this
1: book, Black Spire, is a prequel to the Disney Parks experience.
0: Interesting, so you should advise people to read this book before I they would go read visit this park. book.
1: Spoilers for the ending of this episode. Uh, but if you're really interested in getting the full experience of the park, read this book. Yeah, unlike so. is it Clash of Fate or Crash of Fate? I, I cannot remember off the top of my head. That one was just kind of set in Black Spire Outpost, right?
0: I don't think that has anything to do with anything. It's just Black like there. Spire,
1: the novel, explains several key aspects of the park, like it explains yes. why certain things. Things are the way they are. It explains Rise of the Resistance. Why Rise of the Resistance is the way it is in the park. We'll get to that kind of in a minute. Uh, But first, Bradley, would you like some additional information about Star Black Spire? Let's hear it. Technically, Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire, we're just going to call it Black Spire because fuck colons, is a canon novel. It was first released on August 27th of 2019. And it is written by longtime stand person on this show, Delilah S. Dawson. It is also a sequel of sorts to the novel Phasma. Ooh. So I tend to refer to them as the Phasma duology right. because while Phasma does not appear in this novel, it continues and concludes the stories of the rest of the characters who Correct. first appeared in that novel, namely Archak slash Cardinal and Vimerati. The audio book was narrated by January Lavoie. Now we may or may not have mentioned January Lavoie on the show before, uh, but in case we have not, January Lavoie has read a fuckload of these books. She's read a ton of them. She's read two Legends novels, uh, Razor's Edge and Dawn of the Jedi colon Into the Void, a novel I just listened to actually. It was so funny. I just listened to Into the Void, like a week ago. Okay. Uh, pretty good book. Weird book, but good book. <laughs> uh they're they're re-releasing some of the audiobooks, I think, as part of the legends re-releases. We don't have time to get into that. But in canon, she's read a bunch of them. She read the bloodline audiobook. That's a novel we should definitely cover on this show at some point, is Bloodline. Holy okay. fuck, that novel is so good. Um, uh, but she read the Bloodline audiobook, she read the Phasma audiobook, she's read the last show. Shot audiobook. She's read this one. Uh, And then she's appeared in three of the four audio dramas. In Dooku Jedi Lost, she plays Jor Aerith, who I believe was Sifo-Dyas' Jedi Master. Uh, Let me double check that. This is the thing Charles didn't research.
0: The thing Uh, I I didn't retain after reading the novel, so...
1: No, she's just kind of there. Uh greets Doom is her Droom is her Padawan. I don't remember too much about her, but I guess she's in the book. In January, That's Lavoie voices her. Uh she is the voice of Tasia in the High Republic Tempest Runner. I do know we have talked about her before then, because I've mentioned she's Tasia in The High Republic Tempest Runner. Uh and then in the High Republic Battle of Jeddah, she is the voice of my personal enemy, the mother. I fucking hate the mother. We'll get to her at some point. Bradley's giving me a look like why he's a, he's about to go off on this woman I know nothing about <laughs> uh, and how much he fucking hates her. Uh, just know, listeners, that I hate the Mother with every fiber of my being. I hate her more than most other characters in the Star Wars franchise, and in fact, most other characters in general, and January Lavoie is the voice of the Mother. Bradley, what did you think of Galaxy's Edge Black Spire?
0: Well, what did I think of the sequel to the Phasma novel? Um... Let's see. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually really like it, obviously. I kind of wish it was a trilogy. Not that it necessarily like needs another book, because I think it actually, if you read both of these back to back, I think it pretty pretty this book pretty much wraps up very nicely. I don't I don't think it really needs much more. Um, although I just read that there's a short story in the paperback edition, which is uh a, like an extra little epilogue essentially, where they go back to Parnassus and rescue some people. Oh, I don't I...
1: know. I haven't actually. Oh, I have read that. I have read this short story. Yeah, they go back to get Siv uh, and Torby.
0: Gotcha. I yeah, I think I have names, read but... this. But yeah, anyway, I was like, oh, that—that's interesting because I'm like, maybe there's more to that story, and you need to keep going and do another one. No, but I think this this novel or this yeah this novel is really good. Uh, I love Vi Maradi. I think she's a great fucking character. She's so complex. Uh, this novel in particular delves into some pretty heavy topics of basically uh just trauma trauma yeah just trauma <laughs> Being in fucking
1: traumatized
0: um or like some kind of post-traumatic stress you know it's just like it's really good i don't know it's just re- like they just really did a good job and then it's also dealing with all of that stuff but then also trying to become this like leader um for a group of misfits you know i don't know i think it's a great little story which honestly this <laughs> i hate giving this comparison but it gave me that guardians of the galaxy vibe of these are the people in the star wars universe that are kind of like the weirdos and then like they all kind of come together and start a revolution you know like it's kind of great so i i don't know i i wish that they could you know do more with these characters because it's really nice
1: there kind of is a third installment and it's the disney parks because i i didn't mention before and i teased but i will mention now vi marati who's the main character of black spire is the remaining face character that you can meet at the park which is Interesting because it's like it's like Rey, Chewbacca, R2 D2, Kylo Ren, and this random character from the books. Right. But also like, and she debuted, she debuted in Phasma. Right. Which predated the part, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I I, I do not know what the what the timeline on her, but she's the one you can meet. And then, yeah, it's bizarre to me that she hasn't shown up anywhere else, too, because she had a Lego set, like, which I badly need to get my hands on. If It's it's out of production now, but I right. probably just need to spend a bunch of money to get it because I desperately need her for reasons we will get to in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, she's the other character you can meet. This book had one singular job. There's one reason for this book to exist, and that is to show you all of the places that you can visit on your vacation uh, to either walt disney world or disneyland in california that is all it had to do right it had to do nothing else beyond that and yet it has suddenly decided that it wants to tell this very complex character story about (laughs) grief and trauma and having to have maintain a some sort of relationship with someone who previously did horrible things to you and also like about the idea of forming a resistance like the core of the concept of resistance of regular people rising up to defend their homes even when the other people in that home are telling them not to do it knowing it's the right thing to do to stand up and, and defend your community. It, it's this deep like story about really at the core of what it means to be a rebel and what it means to stand up against oppression no matter how small. And again, all this book had to do was take you on a tour of the fucking theme park. That is it. It has no business being as good as it is. It has no business sticking with me. It has been a while since I've actually sat down and read it. I think about it constantly when I'm in the park. Like. I literally, every time I go to Ronto Roasters, and I've been to Ronto Roasters like six or seven times by now. Every time I go to Ronto Roasters, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go to Ronto Roasters. It's where Moradi gets lunch or dinner or whatever. Right. Like, that's what goes in my brain because this book is so good. I don't associate this park with the movies. I associate it with this fucking book. And Every time I walk by Savi's, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I know what's going on in there. Or the, the temple, like she has to go in at one point and like clear out this temple. Uh, Like with this Indiana Jones shit that she's doing. Right. uh, That's the temple that's the rebel base that you're fleeing in Rise of the Resistance. Like That's you Jesus. walk through this temple right? and yeah, it's supposed to basically just be the the, the same iconography as the Yavin Four temple sure. or the temp, the stuff on Dakar. But like this book explains what that used to be <laughs> and like her her like process of having to clear it out and I'm like, again, all you needed to do was take me on a walking tour to the park and you made me care about it which is because Vi Moradi is such a good character and because she's such a compelling character and we see the, this planet through her. And I think that's, that's really, really cool. Also, woman of color. Also, also, a queer woman. Yes. Because I believe this is the book that talks about that she's asexual.
0: I thought they talked about it in Phasma, no?
1: I believe that's Black Spire that they talk about it.
0: I thought it was in the flashback with her brother that they talk about...
1: Let there's me, a, let me double maybe It's check. either in,
0: I mean, I don't know if it's a Vazba or if it's in this, but there's a throwaway line or some kind of thing where they talk something about. Something
1: somewhere. She doesn't,
0: she's not interested in men or women because it's right. like something that she doesn't have time it's for. It's in
1: one of these, it's in one of these two novels.
0: It could be in this one. I could be but it was, misremembering, but I, you're right. I, I think it might be. In yeah. This
1: one. And this predates like the, the most like full on, like blatant explained in the text, asexual character in Star Wars. Currently is Vernestra Rowe, uh, who gets a, a pretty good explanation in in Out of the Shadows, uh, just flat out explaining this to the audience. Vimarati was one of the first ones, I think. Yeah. So the fact that we have this like face character, that's the face of the Resistance in the part, and it's a queer woman of color. Awesome. Awesome. Right. I love her. I love this book. It's so good, everyone should read Phasma and then read this book.
0: Like uh, Absolutely, yeah.
1: The sequel trilogy books are mostly basically fine, but this one and Phasma get... It's this one, Phasma, and Bloodline are the three that I'm like, you're off to the side, you're doing something else, you're cooking with something else. I don't know what you're putting in these books, but they are miles above all of the other sequel content. Sorry, you I'm look like read. you're
0: reading something. I, I'm just reading her uh, Wikipedia page because I just want to make sure we didn't miss something because I feel like, is is this the character where her brother is gay? She talks about her brother's husband or something, right? Am I crazy? I think,
1: I think you might be right. Oh, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh,
0: oh, wait, it says, when Archex tries to kiss Marati, she rebuffs his advance. She told him she would be there for him as a friend in just about every way except sexually and romantically. And she cared about him, but not like that. Afterwards, she remarked to herself that she had never cared for anyone, man or woman, in a sexual way. Yes. That's, it I was remember, this okay, book. It was this it book, was this so bro- for sure that. But the it thing with the brother, book. I could be either totally misremembering or I feel like that. Because didn't he work on Coruscant or something? Let me look at Beko, Beko Maradi. Beco Maradi. He was an intern on Hosnian Prime.
1: Ooh, R.I.P.
0: Right. And then, oh, yeah, he, and he, was, stationed, he, he was stationed on Pantora with his husband. Yes. There it is. So, yeah, sorry I had to do uh, some Wikipedia research live on the air, but there you go. Both these characters. There you go. That's LGBT, what that looks like. love it. I, I,
1: I love this family. Uh That's Go right. the Maradis. Yes. Uh, we love to see it. No, it's just... It's just a really good book. And also, Archex himself, like, he gets some really, like, a really interesting redemption arc, kind of. Right. I'm fascinated by the idea by any time a character in Star Wars, like, defects back to the good guys and then doesn't immediately die and has to actually do work.
0: Right, and redeem themselves.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm not going to totally make this uh, completely about the High Republic. Uh, However, in phase two of the High Republic, there is a character who, like, actively fucks up and, like, keeps fucking up. But then this character actually is like, yeah, I got to put in work to get my shit together. Uh, I do love seeing that when a, a character in Star Wars has to go through a redemption arc by doing work on themselves. And yeah. Archex is such an interesting... Also, you can totally go and buy, like, little toys. And some of the toys, like, are... That you can still buy in the park pretty close to the description in the book. So timeline-wise, it is possible you could purchase something that Archex made.
0: Oh, really? Oh, like his little uh, wooden things, right? His little, little wooden things that, animals that he Animals or whatever they are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's such a cool character. And also, it's weird that they try to make you care about somebody who used to torture people. Like you know what I mean? Like it's like such a bad choice. But
1: they also don't shy away from that. And that's the thing right. with the whole between him and Vi and and you know Vi's emotional journey partially through the book is tied into that. Yeah, he fucking tortured her in the last book. And we saw it. Right. And we saw that all on screen. Like it's not like a thing that happened in the past. We were there. We had to live through it and so did she, and we now have to process this while working with this guy on a mission. Right. And it it has genuinely no business being as good as it is. Apparently, uh, Amelyn Holdo, I'm just looking at the list, apparently Amilyn Holdo gets a mention in this book. I'm only shouting mm. that out because she needs to be in more things. Yeah, she's not? currently in the com- she's currently she was in the comics run. Uh I haven't caught up e- anything past when they go to No Space and she hooks up with Lando Calrissian.
0: <laughs>
1: what? Oh yeah, no. Emily Holdo hooks up with Lando Calrissian at one point.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, we all know Lando gets around, so I We guess it's all not know
1: that. and you know what? Good for her. Good yeah for her. why not why not good for her is this when
0: wait, wait is this when he's younger or is this like this is
1: when he's younger yeah oh, no okay. the the the, so... the current run is between empire strikes back and return of the jedi so jedi. she's hooking up with she's hooking up with 80s billy d williams lando calrissian okay which...
0: well then i can see her i can see her point
1: yes which you know what <laughs> play,
0: play i love
1: play. this for you um I just wanted to shout out, she does get mentioned in this book. The book, the criticisms I remember having of the book were minor, like really minor stuff. Uh, Like there's a few times, there's a few times where the product placement is a little too blatant. I also thought that they didn't get enough time with the whole like Indiana Jonesing of the temple. I kind of wanted more of that. But that's all like super minor stuff. And the book we got is just, it is way better than it needed to be. I'm gonna keep repeating that because it's sort of my thesis statement this book was just an average if you read the halcyon comics the the five issue halcyon comics that they put out that fucking trash that was like basically fine but clearly just existed to sell the halcyon to people uh and you know what the the baseline for this is. And also, like, Anakin Skywalker, I will never apologize to you for basically anything. I'm so sorry for what they did to you in that comic. Uh, girl, I'm so sorry for you. But that's, like, the baseline. That's, like, that's the absolute bare minimum we have to do. This is, like, the absolute peak of where you take something that was just supposed to be, like, an advertisement and you turned it into this emotionally complex story i love it i love it i can't recommend this book enough to people paired up with phasma
0: yeah i think just back to back this i I i'm not trying to skip ahead but like this would be such a good mini series i just think that like these two books together would be so good. Like, I just want to say, even a, I know you don't really do a two season miniseries, but like theoretically that's what this, this would be. And it would be so
1: good. This is like a really excellent, like if you're thinking of writing, we've, I've talked about my sort of how I view the pattern of, of TV writing where you develop the story and the characters for the first season simultaneously. Yeah. And you write your first season, and you don't really write past your first season. Yeah. Like, if you're just selling a standard network show, you're not really going to write past your first season. You're going to put in your Bible, like, here's where it might go. But at that point, once you sell it, unless you're the showrunner, then it's up to whoever you sell it to what direction it goes in. Right. Like, that's not up to you. You don't get to make that call. And so when you get to your second season, your characters are already established. Now you have to find a new story to tell with these characters. And that's why second seasons are always really interesting. Because you have this character of, like, Vimarati is the resistance spy. And Archex is the First Order officer that's questioning her about Phasma. And it's this framing device for the Phasma novel. But these two are pretty archetypical characters. You have the order obsessed first order officer, and you have the slightly chaotic resistance spy. Then you get to the second book, and it's like, oh no! Now we have to develop an actual story. Great! Here's an emotionally complex story that really delves into these uh, as people, these characters as people, and I love that. I love that for them. It's it's such a great book, and yeah, it it really reads like a really solid second season of television.
0: Yeah, it does because it you're like you said they're already established, and we already just we just get to enjoy the characters in the second season and also it it reads is almost like uh um we we know we're getting the second season but like the show's probably going to get canceled because we're running out of money so it's kind of like we're just blowing it all on we're just going to do everything else yeah everything we want to do in season two and
1: then and then it ends on a fucking cliffhanger (laughs)
0: yes
1: it ends on a fucking cliffhanger which well it it not to directly spoil the end of the book, it leads directly into the events of the Disney Park. So Got this it. book is okay. literally a prequel to the Disney Park. Got it.
0: Okay.
1: Well, Bradley, do you have any, uh, do you have any final thoughts on Black Spire?
0: Well, I kind of, you know, spoiled a little bit, but like, I feel like this would make a great show. I, I thought the characters were perfect. I just, you know, I love, originally I love Phasma, so I think you know but this framing device that was just basic simple thing in the first book may turn into a whole nother like I need to know more about these characters in the second book and that just to me is so like that shows how strong this is and it also shows that we need more book content in this era during the yes. Disney era because if you enhance these characters with these novels when you watch the movies you will appreciate the Disney movies so much more because you're going to go whole Holy shit, there's so much more to it if we just fill in the gaps a little bit. Because movies can't always show you all that stuff. They only have so much time. And these novels do such a great job of expanding the characters and really giving backstory and, like, all this filling in the gaps that you really need because the movies are too short. Also, also the comics. Uh,
1: I do. I will recommend to people in that vein the Poe Dameron comics by Charles Soule. A, a plus job. Go read those, it will make you care about the characters, but yes. Sorry, sorry, I had to interject and pitch more comics at people. (laughs) My final thoughts are this book is fucking excellent. Uh, The duology is fucking excellent. Vi Marati is an incredible character, and she needs more content. Give Vi Marati specifically more content. That is my final thought on this book. Alrighty, so the plan for the next little bit, because we're about to go fucking insane because these strikes are still ongoing. It's looking like they're trying to resolve the WGA one first. It is a mess. It is continues to be, it's just a mess. All the time it's a mess. So we are continuing to not uh, cover shows that are currently on. We are still continuously evaluating that because our review content would be acceptable. Uh, However, we are continuing to watch that for a variety of reasons. Next week, We are taking a week off. Bradley, you are not quite done with Brotherhood yet. I don't think. No, I'm not. Okay. So we are taking a week off because I need to prepare to tentatively right now. I don't have a date, like what date and time it is. If I find out, I will intercut it now. Hi there, future Charles. That panel is going to be between 11:15 and noon on September the 10th, so that's Sunday. So if you happen to be going to Legends Con or you're in the Burbank area and you want to come to Legends Con and see me talk about gay people, that is where you can see me do that. But I do have a panel that I am probably doing at Legends Con in Burbank the second weekend of September. So I need to prepare for that. So we are going to take a week off. After that, for the month of September, I'm coming back. But Bradley, you are not for you a couple know, of weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, production life is very stressful sometimes. And you know what? We thought it would because of the strikes that it would be a good idea for Charles to take on a little bit more uh, on his own. You know, he's a big boy. He's I'm know, a got, big boy. He's got to put his you. producer pants on a little bit once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost um, so, like
1: we it's almost like we specifically trained in those producer courses together and yeah, that's how yeah. we met.
0: It's almost like you need to use your muscles a little bit more here. So we figured, you know, we do maybe some more Charles specialized episodes because I'm getting really heavy into production in the next uh, month or so. And so just to kind of take some stress off and just because we also can't cover any TV content right now.
1: Yeah, Bradley uh, needs a little time to catch up on Brotherhood. And also he's, I'm sure we will talk about it at some point, what Bradley is currently doing, because it actually is really cool. When we come back on the 11th, I'm gonna be doing a little mini-series where I'm gonna be talking about Legends books. We're gonna be doing Legends books that have either inspired me or were important at some point in my Star Wars journey, or if that particular mini-series goes on long enough, maybe we'll talk about a couple that I fucking hate. It depends on the audience reception. Uh, We will do Brotherhood in there somewhere, uh, just whenever Bradley is able to finish it. But that is the plan. As of now. And Bradley, you are are now gonna go read the gay Percy Jackson book, right? That's the other no, thing you're gonna go read.
0: Definitely definitely not gonna do that, I, I, <laughs> Definitely
1: I okay, if well, I barely I...
0: have time to read the Brotherhood novel, which already is a little gay. Uh... Oh,
1: there's something going. Mm. <laughs> we will talk about that when we get to Brotherhood. Uh and so and so my watch of bullying Bradley to read the gay Percy Jackson book begins. You have until I read it, Thank and God. then I'm going to become incessant, because I have already tied my emotional well-being as a human person to Nico's character arc. <laughs> so we're, we're in for I a dark ride, so kids. <laughs> we're in for a dark ride here. All right, Bradley, go ahead and run the, run the socials.
0: Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Days. Did Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at GoldSquadronGaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at at squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze. I'm your Disney Park executive, and I am here to tell you that you should spend money and more money and come to Star Wars World. (laughs) Come (laughs) spend money at Star Wars World. Avengers Campus
1: was fine, actually. It wasn't a slap together reskin of Tower of Terror that we spent a bunch of money on for no fucking reason. Basically just to be the one area in the park where Charles can buy overpriced $20 alcohol, which is fucking pointless because the Craftsman's like a five minute walk away and you can get much better drinks there.